Hello, and welcome back to Literally Heinous. We are here with a full pop culture update today, so a lot going on. Um, I'm really excited. In the next few months, a lot of my favorite shows are coming back out, so Love Island. I've actually never seen it before, but I'm so tired of being left out, so when Love Island is streamable in the U.S., I will be doing recaps with my roommate and bestie, Zoe. So I'm kind of experimenting with the podcast a little bit. I think I might try out doing some like shorter, more frequent episodes because there's a new Love Island episode every day, which is insane. So we're going to see how it goes. So might do like one shorter episode a week or maybe two shorter episodes a week. But with that and Succession as well. So Succession season four will come out in this spring. My boyfriend Jack and I will be doing recaps of that. So that'll be every week. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited. So let me know what other shows that you would want me to recap as well. I am watching The Last of Us on HBO. So you're probably seeing like 100,000 ads for this show. This show is about to be the next big thing. Uh, HBO is really pushing it out. I think it's going to be like the next um, Game of Thrones Not that it's like really similar to Game of Thrones, but in that it's just this big production HBO show. They're marketing the absolute hell out of it. It's really, really good. It's actually based off a video game, apparently. Um, And it's about like zombies and like this fungus that takes over and this middle-aged man and this kind of like younger girl who he takes under his wing. And they, I honestly don't really know where the show's going to go from here. There's only been two episodes, but... It's really, really good. It is very scary, so I recommend watching it with somebody else. Um, I will not be doing recaps of that because I literally have to Google what's going on half the time, and that would just be doing everybody a disservice. Um, But yeah, so let's get into it. So today, I want to talk about Miley Cyrus. I got a couple requests to talk about her. There's so much to say with Miley. So Miley is a celebrity that's Like, she's a full-blown celebrity. Like, I feel like when people think of Miley Cyrus, if you were to ask the layperson, like, who's Miley Cyrus? Like, a lot of people wouldn't even say singer. A lot of people wouldn't even say actress, even though she is both of those things. I just feel like she is such a staple in Hollywood and such, like, a staple in pop culture. She's been around for so long. Everybody's like, she's always been really interesting. She's always, always, always been a point of interest that she's just like such a celebrity. Um, So she does have a lot of hit songs. Um, She's released quite a few albums, um, but I feel like there's only really been one like big hit from each album. And her music is really good. She's a really talented singer. I just feel like she's been through so many different eras and so many different looks and genres and styles and aesthetics and cover arts and the way that she promotes herself just constantly changes from album to album every couple of years and nothing is really stuck which is fine because she started when she was really young she started making music when she was young so it's natural for your persona to change it just makes me wonder why a lot of her music isn't sticking. Like if you were to ask the lay person, name three Miley Cyrus songs, I feel like they would say Party in the USA, Wrecking Ball, and maybe they would get stuck there. Or maybe if they're a little bit more in tune, they would say We Can't Stop. I feel like what gets Miley the most recognition in terms of singing is her covers. So in the last few years, she started covering songs and Famously, she did 
uh, Heart of Glass by Blondie. And everybody just lost their minds over this cover because it truly sounded so good. So her, like all of her covers just started going viral and she started doing more and more of them. People even say like her and Kelly Clarkson, like if you're a singer, like you don't want them to cover your songs because they're so good at covers. So if she only really gets a ton of praise for her covers and then why isn't like she getting a lot of praise for her individual art? And I feel like that's got to be really disheartening as a singer if you're consistently doing covers, but no one's losing their minds in the same way over your individual or over your own music. I feel like that would kind of bother me. And I also feel like because she's just so famous and her personal life is so fascinating and interesting and juicy that she can't really escape it. So whenever she like puts out music, like it just, it always, it kind of flops and a lot of people blame her label. So her last album came out in 2020. It was Plastic Hearts. I think it got pretty good critical reception. I think a lot of people liked it. I listened to it once the full way through, but like it had one hit single, but that was really it. And a lot of people blame her label, but she's had a few albums before then. And a lot of stuff for her just like doesn't land. But it has nothing to do with her lack of relevance or her lack of like interest. Like people are fascinated by her and people really want to know more about her. And anytime she does some sort of bombshell interview or she like went on Call Her Daddy, like everybody's talking about it because we love just getting little snippets into her life. Like, we love hearing about Hannah Montana, like, anything growing up, like, any Jonas Brothers tea, like, any Disney Channel stuff, or, like, anything from her bangers era. Like, we want that kind of information, and I feel like the general public just kind of rejects any of her original music. But she's coming out with a new album now, so she's been pretty quiet the last, like, year or so. Um, And in December, she hosted the New Year's Eve party with Dolly Parton. And that, I think, kind of kicked off like what we're seeing now. So she's coming out with a new album. Um, and she just released a single called Flowers. And this has been really popular. It's been all over TikTok because a lot of people are pulling out Easter eggs and uh, making connections from her relationship with Liam Hemsworth. Flowers is definitely getting the TikTok treatment. So Flowers is all over TikTok. It's like the it sound right now. So it's just like trending, trending, trending. Like I'm sure I'm not going to sing it. Okay, but go and look it up if you haven't heard it. Um, It's pretty much everywhere right now. And it's getting that same sort of treatment where it's people just like dissecting into every single lyric, dissecting the music video, which is good and bad because it's good because it's getting her a lot of traction. She's all over the news right now. Everybody's talking about her, like people are digging stuff up, but it's also bad because people are quite literally pulling things out of their ass. Okay. So she and Liam Liam Hemsworth dated off and on for like eight years. They were married for two years. So they started dating in 2009 and then they dated longer than they were married. I think they were only married for like two years. So they haven't been together since 2019, but they've been like off and on. Okay. Like they haven't been like fully committed and their relationship was definitely kind of a disaster. I think for a while, the public's perception was that like Miley is a cheater and that she partied too much and she was an alcoholic and addicted to drugs and was like really crazy and rambunctious. And Liam was this soft spoken guy who just like wanted to settle down and get a house and like be a little bit more serious. So I think that's been kind of the perception now. 
the perception and then different like interviews have resurfaced of him like kind of rolling his eyes at her um there's this one interview where the interviewer asks Miley something and she starts like grinding on Liam or like licking him to because she's like a goofy kind of crazy out there person and you can read his lips and he says can you behave yourself for once so that was just an insight that people are obviously taking it and running with it. I mean, there's no way to even justify that statement. Like if somebody said to me, like, can you behave yourself for once? I would lose my mind. There is no way to like that that would ever be an okay thing to say for some to someone. So people are extrapolating that and we're kind of getting this new insight into their relationship into how he's also to blame for a lot of it. So getting into the song. So the main chorus of this song is reminiscent of the Bruno Mars song, If I Were Your Man, um, when he's like, I hope I should have bought you flowers. I should have held your hand, gave you all my hours if I had the chance. So she kind of lifts a lot of those lyrics and like flips it a little bit. And apparently Liam dedicated that song, that Bruno Mars song to her at her wedding. I don't know. So this is not confirmed. And I don't know, that's a really, really sad song. So I don't know why anybody would dedicate that song to someone at a wedding. But regardless, the similarities are like undeniable. So whether he dedicated it to her or not, clearly that song like means something to her. Okay. Other people are saying that the video is filmed in the house where Liam Hemsworth cheated on her. This is not confirmed in... People have pretty much denied this. Apparently, the house is a really popular house in LA to film things in. So I think that is something that's made up by TikTok. Another one says that in the beginning of the video, she's wearing the same suit that he wore at the Avengers premiere when he was like being really mean to her in one of those videos. That Dumas said that it's not true. And how could you even think that it's true? It's literally just a black suit. Like, how could you even know that? So that's why, like, these TikTok things, like, people just say shit and, like, run with it. And then everybody believes it. People also say that he cheated on her 14 times. Dumois says that that is made up. A lot of people say it's made up. Like, that's just such, like, where do you even, like, get that number from? Like, a lot of this is just, like, bullshit. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it is. So Dumois, I'm going to keep quoting her. So she confirmed that he did cheat, but there were other bigger issues in the relationship than cheating. She didn't go into the details because apparently she's getting a lot of crazy freak ass TikTok stands in her DMs who can't like discern anything and who are sending her death threats if she says anything bad about Liam Hemsworth. There were other bigger issues beyond cheating and she said to read between the lines so I think that means and I've read this other places too he also had a drug and alcohol problem and he was just as bad as she was if not worse and like I'm sorry but if there's it's a difference between like a drugged out alcoholic drunk man versus like a woman like a man like you have to be like afraid of so I don't know if maybe there was any abuse allegations but there apparently were bigger issues other than cheating I think that the whole relationship was just kind of fraught and like, you know, it was great like when they were teenagers maybe, but they just started dating too young. Um, And she also hasn't said anything like that bad about him in public. They seem to have a pretty like graceful breakup as well. Um, 
Another thing is that she released it on his birthday. That's really the only like tangible like Easter egg of this. I mean, of course, like this song is about him. At one point, she says, we built a home and watched it burn. So they um, had a house in Malibu that completely burned down in 2018 during the wildfires. Like they lost literally like everything. Like the house was like ash. They Nothing was recovered. And Miley said that that like really brought them closer together. Um, and I think that they were mar- they got married in 2019 or maybe it was like the year before, but I think they were kind of on the fritz. And then when their house burned down, it like really brought them back together. She says that losing the house changed them more than getting married. Um, she's also wearing a gold dress that people on TikTok are saying that looks like a gold dress that Jennifer Lawrence wore to one of the Hunger Games premieres. There's virtually no similarities between the dresses besides the fact that they're both high neck and gold. Um, There's some older videos of Jennifer Lawrence saying that she and Liam have kissed off screen and like her just alluding to like how handsome he is. So people are taking that and running with it. Um, And I don't like I haven't seen anything that's like really confirmed that they like had a relationship together. I mean, again, Miley and Liam were together for 10 years. Like, it's not a completely closed door. A lot could have happened. Um, But Miley said, like, the dress that she wore in the music video, it's a vintage YSL dress. Um, So I don't really think it's supposed to be anything about Jennifer Lawrence. I worry for Miley that just getting all of this attention, like, is kind of a bad thing. I just feel like people really only seem to like to listen to her when she's like talking about herself and talking about her personal life. People can't really separate her from her fame and like just take her as an artist. I feel like any music that she puts out, any creative albums, because we're just so fascinated by her personal life and her history and her family and like Liam and like everything that she's been through that it's like, of course, we're going to like read between all the details and like If it's not about that, it's kind of like, well, I don't really care. Miley and Selena in particular have kind of, they kind of have like the same levels of fame to me. And I think that them both being on Disney and being such a core part of people's childhood, it's like kind of a double-edged sword. And of course, yeah, they've broken away from the Disney thing. I mean, they're both in their late 20s now. Like they've, you know, they're not Disney girls anymore, But for a lot of women my age, like in their mid to late 20s, like Miley and Selena were everything, like absolutely everything. Like, and I know so many people that like specifically for Miley Cyrus and Selena too, but I can think off the top of my head of a few people that literally like would die for Miley Cyrus. Like Miley just has this kind of chokehold on my generation and women in my generation that a lot of celebrities don't like because we grew up with her and it's like everything she does like we will support and we will love. Hannah Montana was that show though. I have so many like core memories. Like I remember my first time even watching Hannah Montana. Um my like friends were it was like my parents' friends' kids but like we were all really close and um the older sister, she was a few years older than me. She's like wait, guys, what time is it? And we're like, it's seven o'clock. And she's like, oh my God, the Hannah Montana Bonanza is on. And I was like, what is that? And then she's like, it's a new show on Disney Channel. 
watched it because they did like a Hannah Montana bonanza. Like remember when Disney Channel would do like marathons, like um, Hannah Montana marathon, like Sweet Life of Zack and Goody marathon. They would just play like back to back to back episodes. Um, It was that to like promote Hannah Montana because they'd released like three or four episodes. After that, I was completely hooked. I watched it every week, like literally didn't miss an episode. And then when I was in sixth grade, I was still watching it, of course, because I loved Hannah Montana. And I went to a new school and I was like trying to talk to the girls, like the new, the popular girls. And I'm like, oh yeah, like, did you guys watch Hannah Montana last night? And they were like, oh my God, you still watch that? Like, isn't that for kids? And I was humiliated. I literally wanted to die. And after that, like I stopped watching Hannah Montana. By this point, like this was the last season of Hannah Montana when I was in sixth grade. And I was like, okay. So so I kind of like got a little less interested in it anyway. So I stopped watching. And then later that year, like at the end of the year, that was when the Hannah Montana finale was on. And the same girls that bullied me, they were like, oh my God, like Hannah Montana finale was on. Like I was crying. Like, you know, that thing that middle school girls do when they like compete about like who's crying more about something like they were doing that and they they were like yeah it was literally my childhood and I was like you bitches you girls were the same you made fun of me for watching Hannah Montana and then you come around and I didn't even watch the finale because I didn't know everybody else was gonna watch it so that is a fun fact about me is I've actually never finished Hannah Montana I've never never seen the end of it so if we're gonna compare her with the other two Disney darlings selena and demi so selena miley demi are definitely like the holy trinity of disney channel stars and they've all like maintained their fame like they're all very very famous but i do feel like selena is the most similar to her and just kind of like like in the caliber of fame that i put her as like i think miley and selena are actually pretty similar in the way that certain people will literally just like worship them. And same with Demi too. I do know a few like hardcore Demi stands, but I do think Miley and Selena have more. They're really different people and they're really different creators, but they're both like really famous in this kind of like iconic way. And a lot of like their scandals are similar and that I feel like Miley and Selena both have these like really fascinating personal lives and like dating history that People can't really get past their music. Like people really just want to focus on like their personal lives. I mean, Selena and Justin have been broken up for so long, but people are still talking about them and like still asking about them. And everybody wants to know who Selena is dating. And it's kind of similar with Miley. Like we're all curious about Miley. Demi has given us too much information. Every year Demi has a new documentary out and I feel like She's been really quiet recently, which is really good because she was honestly revealing too much. I think out of the three, I mean, despite Demi maybe being the least interesting one, this is just my opinion, but I do think that Demi is the least interesting one. She does have the best music career. I think Demi's songs have been way more successful and her discography is way more robust than Miley or Selena's. I mean, Selena, like she has a lot of hits, but she like her biggest hits are just vocals on DJ's tracks and Miley has some hits as well. But I think like when you hear like Demi's songs, like she has the best voice out of all of them and she, her songs continuously perform better, but in the public image, I do think that she has the worst reputation and she is the least interesting. She's really cringe too. Like 
I will never forget about Yogurt Gate when she went on a whole social media tirade about how yogurt stores selling dairy-free yogurt is fat phobic. Um, I did not think that boded well for her. Um, but if you were to look at all three, I think that like Miley and Selena are the two who are the most interesting, stay the most relevant, people want to know the most about because they keep us guessing too. Like Selena doesn't really talk about much. She has been recently because she's been kind of a freak on social media. Miley keeps things pretty close to the chest. I feel like after a few years, after like a scandal, she'll like talk about it a little bit more. And there's always more details. Like she's a really interesting person. But Demi, she kind of just lets it all hang out, which is fine. But like you got to leave a little bit to the imagination. So you know who else was a guest star in Hannah Montana was Austin Butler. So Austin Butler played Jake Ryan. He was in a few episodes, played Miley Stewart's little boyfriend. He was like an actor in the show and he was so hot. I remember thinking, I was like, this is the most attractive man I have ever seen in my entire life. And then he guest starred in Zoe 101, which was amazing for me because I also loved Zoe 101. Um, he like had a similar role. He was, okay. I just feel like in the early 2000s or like early 2010s, like being like a shaggy blonde hair, like, like blonde, shaggy hair, tan skin. That was like the it look. Like I thought that like blonde men, I was like, there's nothing better on this fine earth. Um, but now I think guys that are blonde are weird because how are you blonde? First of all, as a man, and it doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, so I always knew who Austin Butler was because I was a big um, connoisseur of like the teeny bopper magazines like Tiger Beat, J14. He was always in there and I was always like rooting for him. Like I always remembered his name, remembered what he looked like. I thought I was like when I was a kid, like seeing him on Zoe 101 in Hannah Montana, I was like, this guy's going to be a star. And he was a major flop for a really long time. So he started dating Vanessa Hudgens and they dated for eight years, which is literally insane. They started dating in 2011. So I guess that was like maybe a couple years after Hannah Montana. Um, so they dated for eight years and she like really saved him from falling into total and complete irrelevancy. So they broke up in January of 2020. And I remember like, this was a pretty big deal. Cause like they'd been together for so long and I, to this debt, I mean, okay, so 2020 was three years ago, which is crazy. So three years ago, I remember thinking like, holy shit, how can you date someone for eight years and then break up? I was like, how can you not like get married? Like, what's the point of even dating for eight years? Like Vanessa, like she's not young. So like if she's trying to have kids, she better like, you know, get going. But I guess she's dating like an MLB player now. So I'm also a Vanessa Hudgens apologist. She's on my list of women that I just like, Anything they do, like, I'll find a way to defend. Like, I love Vanessa Hudgens. I've always, like, kind of been obsessed with her. And now I feel comfortable enough to say this. When she had that COVID-denying video, I thought it was so funny. Like, I quote it all the time. Like, I get it. I respect it. It was literally one of my favorite things. But, like, I couldn't say that at the time because, like, everyone was, like, freaking out about covid she definitely like, fucked up. She shouldn't have done that. It was just so funny because like her hair was so messy and she was like, it's a virus. I get it. I respect it. And her like squeaky little voice. So everyone kind of hated her for a while. And then I feel like she had a really big redemption arc when she did the WAP dance and like the fall of 2020. That was 
That was groundbreaking. Vanessa does this interview a few years ago. I can't remember if when she did the interview, she was dating Austin or not. But it was probably like, if they were, they were like about to break up. So she does this interview where she's talking to whatever shit ass late night host are like, oh, I was in the car and we were listening to an Elvis Christmas song and and Austin Butler, he starts singing and I'm like, babe, you need to play Elvis. So there's this whole video, like I'd seen this before, like this became a big thing, but she basically like planted the idea in his head that he needed to play Elvis. So flash forward a few years, he gets the part of Elvis and this was a really highly sought after role. Like this was one of those roles where like there was a lot of competition and it was a pretty big deal when he got it because he was kind of a nobody. Like the only thing he did was Hannah Montana, Zoe 101, The Carrie Diaries, which was like um, a Sex and the City prequel that like, I actually never really watched it, but I do know a lot of people that liked it. And he dated Vanessa Hudgens, so not much. So he gets the role, Austin and Vanessa break up. And the last three years, like, you know, he's been filming, putting it out and doing a fuck ton of promotion. So, and he's dating Kaya Gerber. So Cindy Crawford's daughter, she's like four. And um, there's this picture of her. This is actually hilarious. There's this picture of Vanessa Hudgens shaking Kaya's hand on the High School Musical 2 red carpet premiere. And it's so funny because Vanessa is obviously like, you know, 18 or 19 in the picture. And Kaya Gerber is literally five years old. Um, and it's just like looking at that picture, like, holy shit, like imagine you're 19 years old shaking a five-year-old's hand and someone tells you, yeah, that's going to be your ex's new girlfriend. Um, but there's nothing really that nefarious going on, like with the ages. So Austin Butler was a little younger than Vanessa anyways. I'm just going to look it up really quickly. Okay. So he's 31 and she's 34. So there's a little bit of an age gap there. Let's see how old Kaya is. She is 21. Okay, so he's about like 10 years older than Kaya, which doesn't bother me. One kind of thing about me is that I don't really care about age gaps. Like in Hollywood, it doesn't really bother me. I don't really lose sleep over it um, unless if it's like something asinine. But I don't lose sleep over this one. So let's see. Where were we? Okay, so now... Elvis is out. I don't want to see it. I'm going to be totally honest. Like I literally don't even have a desire to see it. I just, I don't want to, but he's been getting like pretty good reviews. Um, he's definitely like buying for that Oscar, but he, his voice changed after doing Elvis. And it's kind of a meme now because everybody's like, why are you talking like that? And it's so weird. Like seeing like, Austin, like you literally talked normal three years ago and now like you talk in this low grumbly voice and it's just weird. And there's a headline that's going around that says like Austin Butler's vocal coach says his voice will permanently be like this. It's changed permanently. So someone quote tweets it, makes it a meme and says Austin Butler went to the Lady Gaga school of Oscar campaigning. So... This like went viral because Lady Gaga obviously was like a freak about getting an Oscar for A Star Is Born and Vanessa Hudgens comments on the TikTok crying, which obviously means that she's laughing. So Vanessa's laughing at this because all of this like can be traced back to Vanessa. So like when that clip resurfaced of her saying that she wanted, she needed Austin to play Elvis, like that started resurfacing. So it's kind of created this whole lore of like, 
Vanessa stuck with him for 10 years while he was a nobody. Like, she built him up and, like, gave him the confidence to play Elvis. When he got the role, he ditched her for fame and he ditched her for Kaya Gerber. All of this, like, we don't know how it played out. Like, we literally and truly have no idea. We don't even know if that story is true. But a few weeks ago, Austin did an interview and told the same story that we were in the car, whatever, whatever, except instead of saying my girlfriend at the time or my ex, he says a friend. So people are kind of losing their minds about this. Like he doesn't even have the decency to like call her by name. Like he doesn't, like he refers to her as a friend. I like am kind of on his side here. The only reason I would tell him not to do that is because the story is known Like, so everybody who's like watching the interview would be like, wait, it wasn't a friend. It was Vanessa. It was your ex. So like, but I don't think it's weird because when you are telling a story to someone and you say like an ex, like my ex-girlfriend or like, I just feel like it kind of makes everybody pause a little bit because it's like, oh, and especially like if you're a celebrity doing an interview and you hear them say ex, everyone just like immediately wants to get out their phone and Google. So I would understand why he would say a friend, but like TikTok's obviously losing their minds because like they think it's a slap in the face to Vanessa. So that's what's going on with that. Vanessa, I would also, okay, here we go. Another Disney girly. Like there's something in the water with like the 2010 Disney girlies that like are so captivating. Vanessa is a celebrity that's just like good at being a celebrity. She doesn't really sing she doesn't act that much. She doesn't do a lot, but somehow like she's always staying relevant. Like she's always looking amazing. She's kind of a style icon. Like she really invented Coachella. She kind of invented boho. Like she just, she's a style icon. She always looks amazing. She's always at events, but she's not super in your face. She's just Like, she has just the right amount of controversy and scandals to where, like, she stays relevant, but, like, she hasn't done anything too bad, and, like, she's not in the news too much, and she's just interesting, and she's so pretty, and her voice, I love her voice because it's, like, comforting to me, like, listening to her talk and the way that she sounds the exact same from High School Musical, it feels really nostalgic, And also what I can really appreciate about her is that she doesn't resent fame. She doesn't resent high school musical. Like she'll still talk about it. Like she'll still kind of poke fun at it. She's still friends with Ashley Tisdale. Like she's just a good celebrity. Like I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like she's maintained her fame in a really nice and respectful way. And I don't know. She's just an icon. Like she's also on my list of celebrities that I will die for. Another member on that list is Angelina Jolie. I have always been kind of obsessed with Angelina Jolie, and I think it's just because I've always thought she was literally the most beautiful person in the world. I have a really distinct memory of being at the beach with my family for a summer vacation, and my mom would only let me read tabloids and celebrity trash magazines, like the adult ones, like People, uh, Star, when we were on vacation. And... I was just like devouring them because it was the summer of the Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie love triangle in like 2005, 2006. And I was immediately on Angelina's side. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say. Like I've always been, I don't know, maybe like I always root for like the villain. It's literally just because I thought she was pretty. And I remember asking my mom, like, 
which, whose side are you on? And she was like, Jennifer. And I was like, what? How could you? And my mom was like, I don't know. I just, I think I would like to be her friend more. And I was like, okay, boring. Um, That's what I thought at the time. And then I posted on my Instagram a few weeks ago, but I was going through some, some of my old stuff at my dad's house. And I found this little like sheet of paper that I filled out for school or whatever. And it says like, list the most important people in your life. And I listed Angelina Jolie as number five. Like when I tell you, like I'm a stan, like, and it's, I feel like those celebrities that you kind of like cling on to when you're younger, like you'll always like love when you're older. And I know she's a freak. Okay. I know about the brother thing. I know about the blood. I don't even want to repeat it. Okay. But I don't care. I love her. Okay. And I don't care about all the crazy shit that she's done. She's an icon. So this is controversial. I am anti-Brad Pitt. And I feel like everybody and their mother is a Brad Pitt aficionado. Everybody loves him. I feel like in the last few years, he's really been more active than usual. And it's kind of become like this meme almost, like how Brad Pitt, he does, or Brad Pitt, sorry, Freudian slip there. Brad Pitt doesn't age. He ages like fine wine. He's America's like sweetheart, whatever, whatever. Now I'm here to tell you that Brad Pitt is the worst. And I knew I was right. He is on a ruthless campaign to maintain this image of being a heartthrob and good boy. He is none of that. None of his kids speak to him. And I am fucking tired of the Brad Pitt propaganda. At the Golden Globes in December, January, three people during their acceptance speeches randomly, unpromptedly mention him during their acceptance speeches. Austin Butler receiving his... Golden Globe says, Brad Pitt, I love you, man. Quinta Brunson, she says, um, hey, Brad Pitt, just like during her acceptance speech randomly. And then Regina Hall says, um, you actually pronounced my name wrong. It's Mrs. Pitt. Okay, so what the fuck? How are three people like seemingly unrelated, unprompted, all just like shouting him out and Listen, I'm not really like a conspiracy person. I'm not like, it's their PR team. Like, it's Brad Pitt's PR. Like, it's all orchestrated. They were paid to do that. Like, I'm not really saying that. I'm not saying they were all paid to do it because, like, why would they do that? I think that Brad Pitt, you know, he was sitting front row at the Golden Globes. And he is just, like, kind of a meme. Not in a bad way, but he's just kind of... Like, for the last 20 years, he's always been the quintessential Hollywood heartthrob. Like, look at the Shania Twain song that don't impress me much. One of the lines in there, she says, so, so you think you're Brad Pitt? Like, it's just, I feel like he's the quintessential, like he's the go-to, like he's the poster boy for like heartthrob in Hollywood. And for the longest time, he's had a pretty squeaky clean image. So recently in the fall, in October, a story came out about his alleged abuse with Angelina Jolie and their kids. So they filed for divorce in 2016. They dated for, they started dating in 2005, 2006, and they were married in 2014. So they were only married for two years. And they have six kids together and like half, I don't know how many of them are adopted, but a few of them are. Not that it really matters, but. So a story comes out and basically like, it's a whole report that like Angelina put out that like 
and it's a few years old. So this is from 2016. So they are, the whole family's getting on a private plane from France and Brad is super drunk. He's been drinking a ton. He pulls Angelina to the back of the plane, starts like yelling at her, grabs her neck, throws her hair. And he says something really hurtful to one of the kids. He says, why does that kid look like a Columbine kid about one of his own children? He then pours a beer on Angelina and a few of their kids. And he's completely drunk and completely disorderly. And the kids are like fawning after Angelina. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay to their mom? So they get in an argument, whatever. By the time they landed to refuel in the U.S., eyewitnesses described Brad as being drunk and out of control. Some radio hosts claimed that the partner of an airport employee told them workers could hear arguing from the plane before the door had even opened when they landed. The arguing spilled out into the tarmac, at which point Brad relieved himself on the tarmac. He also drove the tarmac in a fuel truck before reversing and crashing into another airport vehicle. Things escalated when they got back on the jet and continued to L.A., At some point, Maddox, who's one of the older sons, tried to intervene, and when he did, Brad reportedly lunged at him, making some physical contact. So when they get to L.A., Angie takes the kids, piles them into her car, drives away. A few weeks later, she files for divorce. And since then, Brad apparently quit drinking, sought therapy, admitted booze was a problem in their two-year marriage. And Angelina has pretty famously, like she hasn't said much of anything about him. Like she keeps a really low profile. I kind of imagine it's what Kim is doing for Kanye. You know, like when you have kids together and kids that, you know, like they can read, like they understand what's going on. Like you can't trash your ex spouse. You can't like trash the father of your children. It's just in poor taste because you still want to maintain your child's image of who their father is. And it takes a really mature person to do that. My queen, Angelina Jolie. So Brad Pitt's team, they deny the allegations. They're like, I don't even know why this keeps coming up. And like, it keeps coming up because you abused your children and your wife, okay? Like, it's not okay. But apparently, he does have the same PR team as Johnny Depp and Harvey Weinstein. So that is something interesting to notice. So last weekend, I watched... I, okay, I've always been suspicious of Brad Pitt. I'm like, there's no way that like he's this wholesome man that like everybody says that he is. Like he's just not. Like I refuse to believe it. So last weekend I watched 12 Years a Slave, um, and it was really good. And I knew that Brad Pitt was in it because I looked at the cast beforehand. And the whole movie, like every white person is racist, obviously because it's a movie about slavery. And we're nearing like towards like the end of the movie. And I'm like, where is Brad Pitt? And then he descends upon the setting in Louisiana, literally looking like a Jesus-like figure. He has long, shaggy blonde hair, a really open, flowy white shirt. And he's the only white person in the movie that is good. So he is talking to the main guy, the main slave, Solomon Northrup. And so they're talking and Solomon tells um, Brad Pitt, he's like, yeah, I like used to be free before this, like whatever, whatever, like, can you help me out? And Brad Pitt's like, I don't know, like it might be, it's a little too risky, but like, I'll see what I can do. So then five minutes later, well, not like five minutes, but five minutes later, like in the movie, 
Solomon Northrup gets freed. And it's because of Brad Pitt. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, you've got to be kidding me. Of course, Brad Pitt signs on to not only act, but to produce. He was a producer on this movie to produce 12 Years a Slave and cast himself as the Jesus-like figure who not only looks like Jesus in the movie, but he is the one that saves the slave. And I know it's based on a true story. I know, I know, I know. But it's just like a little bit disheartening when like you root, and maybe this, I don't know. But it's just kind of disheartening. Like when you watch this whole movie, you follow this man like through his whole story, like he was a free man and then he he gets captured and he's a slave for 12 years. For him to get rescued by Brad Pitt? Like, come on. Like, I know, like, it's literally based off a true story, like, written from a book. But I just was like, this motherfucker right here again produces this movie. So I just feel like for the last few years, it's just been this whole orchestrated campaign puppeteering Brad Pitt as this, like, perfect, like, do no wrong, like, Hollywood heartthrob, quintessential, like, good guy, like, funny, like, down-to-earth And I am tired of it. So hopefully this can change your opinion of Brad Pitt. Justice for Angelina Jolie. People like hold on to this opinion. Like it's still, it's been 20 years and people still like hold on to the idea that like Angelina stole Brad from Jen. And like, this has nothing to do with Jen. Like, but people still talk about it and still villainize her. When at this point, like their situation is so much deeper than like cat fight, love triangle, meow, like, those points are just like not even important. Like Joseph or Angelina Jolie, her kids love her. Like she's very close with her kids. Her kids do not talk to Brad Pitt anymore. So yeah, that is my story for today. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, let me know what you want me to talk about next. Bye.